Welcome back. It's another episode of Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for joining us every week. And if you're listening on iTunes, thank you for taking a a quick sec to give us a review and a rating. And thank you for telling your friends about the podcast. It's all right here. All the information that you need to dominate your finances. Because there's a lot to know when it comes to finances. There are a lot of layers. So the goal of this podcast is to help guide you. And if there's an area that you struggle with, reach out to me, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. I will find an expert to give you good advice and we'll learn this together. Today, the topic is the future of brick and mortar. Are online stores changing the shopping experience? But first, before we bring in and cash in with our experts, I want to say hello and thank you to our good friends at Family First Credit Union, big sponsors of the Seven Figures podcast, and we appreciate them. A helpful, educated team in our community that enjoys helping you live a financially healthy life. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having us. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. What'd you rope me into? Um, we're with Melanie Fazio and Claire Canavan, the Director and Marketing of Public Relations at the Rochester Malls here in Rochester, New York. I think the conversation I wanted to get to today is the future of brick and mortar, because now we're officially in holiday season, right? Yes. And we're going to see more and more news stories and more and more studies about, oh, More people are shopping online than ever before. But then when you dig deeper, I am seeing more articles supporting the fact that us as humans crave that personal interaction. We're really not shopping online. I think that more people are starting to come back to the malls, Um, you know, especially that millennial generation. They want to touch and feel and and they want that instant gratification of getting it right away after they try it on and see how it looks and, and go home with it. Instead Even though of, the millennials are the ones that are the stigma, right, is known for they love the technology. They don't want to interact with people. They do, but, but except when it comes to shopping, right. they want it now. They don't want to wait two to three business days or even with or without dropping the name I'll just say prime <laughs> everyone knows if I say, right. I'm not calling out anybody specific um, but you know even with the the one you know overnight or one day shipping yeah. they don't want to wait they want it right now and I think that that's you know the the great thing about having you know our different properties that they have a few different choices but they still can can get it right away So I read somewhere, and this is crazy to me to even think of it like this. Millennials are on track to becoming the largest generation in American history. Contrary to the stigma, it says they actually appreciate, supporting what you just said, actually appreciate the unique in-store experiences. So to you, what does that mean? How has the malls adapted or catered to these desired unique experiences? can go to um, Sephora or any cosmetic counter and actually try something on, interact with a professional makeup artist and and see what their products are about, um, have a conversation with them. Um, a lot of our stores have personal shoppers right in there. They know exactly um, what they have in stock, what looks good on different people, what complements um, mm-hmm. different people and different body shapes. And, and so I think that I mean, it adds to shopping. So not only are you walking away with this fantastic product, 
Yeah. You've also had now an experience in it, and it's almost like they're kind of, it's like catering to you more. You get a little bit more for your money. Do you see that brick and mortar, I don't think it will ever go away. Do you think it will ever go away? No. No. Right. No. But it will evolve like every industry. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we do it on our end, too, that we hold more events at our malls to uh, give families something beyond just the shopping experience, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, between dining and entertainment aspects in addition to their shopping experience. So it becomes a night out instead of just, hey, I need to go pick up a pair of jeans for my kids. It's now I need to pick up a pair of jeans for my kids. We're also going to go to TGI Fridays for dinner and then we're going to go jump on the bounce house for an hour. So yeah. it becomes a two to three hour adventure instead of just a 45 minute drive out to pick up some clothes. Yeah. But I even remember that as a kid, though, the, we had a mall downtown Rochester, Midtown, and they had the big monorail where you would watch Santa and the big monorail. You go on the mall. I mean, that was like an event. That was the yeah. family. Hey, what do you want to do as a family? OK, let's go to the malls. And it's kind of cool to see, even though you hear all this, you know, pointing towards how convenient prime is and, and all that, <laughs> you still crave that family time. And, yeah. and I don't think it ever really changed. Sure. I think, well, you know, I remember as a kid, too, we went to Greece because yeah. it had the foam blocks and the ball oh, pit. The you know, blocks, we yeah. had all that kind of stuff that, you know, we had that entertainment as kids, too. And it kind of has come full circle now that we've put these elements back in. You know, right. we have children's play areas at two of our malls. Uh, we have carousels at two of our malls. We have these elements that are free or dollar elements for, for people to participate yeah. in all year long. The ideas remain the same. Yeah, they evolve and and become what they are for for families now. Let's talk your numbers or how it will impact. So the big thing everybody's talking about is, okay, Amazon's looking for a new headquarters. All these cities. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Bad, Sandy, bad. Prime is looking for all these headquarters and everybody's fighting to be the headquarters. How will that, if we were to win this, Buffalo and Rochester teaming up to get this first, how does that make you feel being local malls? And second, how will that directly impact the Rochester area? Yeah, I think it's good for local economy, but I don't know how it'll impact our bottom lines or if it will impact our bottom lines. You know, Forbes just did this great article on deflating the myth how Um, nine out of 10 retail sales happen at a physical store Mm -hmm. still to this day. So even with their headquarters being (laughs) here, um, (laughs) I don't know that that will, you know, have a major impact because it's just a headquarters. It's not necessarily like you're going to, you know, I, I don't know. I guess wait and see, right? And and yeah. see see what happens. The thought of Rochester being on the map for something sure. is exciting is. for us here yeah. in, in Rochester. Um, to bring jobs to the local economy, exciting, exciting. And then all of a sudden you think, wait a minute, I don't want to support this. I want to support my local, my, my neighbor who works at a store at the mall or a restaurant right. or... So I think a lot of us feel conflicted. How should we feel about this? Right. 
I mean, but like I said, it'll it'll impact our economy in a positive way as well. But still, I think that I think that we can have both. We can have our cake and eat it, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that it'll we'll still have brick and mortar no matter what. I think that people, like I said, want that. Yeah. And they want to be able to try it on before they buy it. They want to, you know, and, and we have those in stores uh, shipping and, and being able to pick it up at Macy's and JCPenney right. where you can buy it online and pick it up at those retailers Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the best of both worlds for those retailers because they still get the credit at those for stores sale. for those sales. So that's a nice okay. little loophole for those stores, too. So they're still getting um, the brick and mortar credit, per se. OK. Um, so it's a nice way for them to keep their local jobs mm-hmm. afloat by adding to their bottom line. And it, it's so funny because I was listening to a an interview with the founder of Rent the Runway, which was, you know, oh my God, what is this new right. concept here? We're ordering what? We're borrowing clothes and we're renting them and we're pulling us away from the malls. Well, I just heard the interview where she's like, well, you know what? Our consumer wants to try on the product and make sure it feels good and right. So we're going to start opening up brick and mortar stores. And I'm like, oh, girl, (laughs) complete wedding. So it (laughs) full circle. (laughs) Okay. So when it comes to finding the best deal, because I feel like that's not a defined, there's no defined answer with that. Some people feel like they get a better deal Mm -hmm. online. Some people feel like they get a better deal in the stores. Is there one way that's better than the other? Or it really depends. Personally, for me, I would find shopping in the store a better deal. Even if I can save $2 online or even if my shipping is free, um, the time that it takes, um, mm-hmm. the, the risk that it won't, the color doesn't look the same on the screen as when it's delivered. It won't fit me yeah. well. Those extra factors in the purchase, is worth I mean, it to it's, you. yeah, it's worth it to me and and I can be pretty frugal so i mean to, to put that <laughs> that's why you're here yeah. today <laughs> so for to spend that even if it's manufacturing everything uh gas money but anything that you do um going into the store anything like that that time that i went shopping it's worth more to me than waiting for the delivery free shipping it doesn't fit right i have to return it it's just i find the in-store experience to be more valuable. I wonder where, and this is, uh, I dropped the ball. I should have looked up this study. The adrenaline rush with going into a store. I don't know if this is just a me thing. I could be borderline shopaholic. You go into a store (laughs) and the feel of just walking out with a bag in your hand. Oh, the shiny bag. And the minute you get home and you're like, oh, we're going to try this out. Two things though. Versus the online. Let's be honest. A, I'm female. So every store's size is different. Ah, okay. True. Okay. Right. So oh, yeah. I want to try it on. So ordering it online doesn't work because it's yeah. never the same, yeah. right? From from brand to brand. I wish I had that model's body. Sure. Two, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> right. So we went to Fashion Week last week. Last Friday. Last Friday. Want to ask me when I shopped for my clothes for oh, Fashion boy. Week? Yeah. Uh, that would be Friday. <laughs> Friday afternoon. So <laughs> me shopping for that online would not work. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I worked for my shoes up. So that's not. Yeah, she found a dynamite <laughs> pair of shoes. 
<laughs> comfortable though because we're at a certain age right we, exactly we they were now. doc martens so yeah. they you know they were comfortable <laughs> so you know that's not going to work if i'm shopping online yeah. right so if i'm a last minute shopper right for have, an event yeah. online's not going to work but brick and mortar will. yeah and, and the personal shoppers now are we focusing more on that training the staff i've seen that with a lot of stores right. do they actually uh, have training Sessions and classes to a lot of the smaller stores definitely do the boutique more more of the boutique stores. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot of a lot of them starting to trend that way. Uh, a lot of our salons and and yes. cosmetic stores definitely have that. Um, so I think that that's definitely the experience that they're all going toward. Yeah, moving forward. What is the future in ten years? Do you see? I think that overall experience, I think that you'll see that in most, if not all stores, that that they have to have that, um, that at least one to two people on staff where they can say, hey, do you need a personal consultant today? Do you need to have that elevated experience? What can we help you with? You know, greeting them as soon as they walk in making sure that they're helping them as soon as they step foot in that store. You know, like the the old Disney experience, how you used to play that game as a child. Do you remember that? If you could make it to the back wall without oh, without somebody without someone greeting you or, or interacting. At a Disney store? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Do you remember oh that? Yes. yes. Okay. You can make it I totally forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> so I think, but that's. But they're very good with their customers. Right. Service. But that's what I'm saying. I think that that's going to come back where you will not be able to make it to to the back wall of any right. store without being greeted or you know because I think that that's started to kind of go to the wayside yeah with a lot of oh, yeah. places um, so. because you know not just because of cutbacks but just in general but I think that that's starting to come back with a lot of a lot of our retailers and and it has to um, because you are to a degree up against online and you don't you don't get that online that's something that's missing from online I mean. You can chat box it up as much as you want, but it's still not the same no. interaction it's that you have with a yeah. person when you go yeah. into a store. You still crave that interaction with someone. And, you know, when I go into my favorite store that I shop in, <laughs> I won't name drop, oh, but okay. I always <laughs> pop out and say, you know, hey, can you come take a look at this? Because I'm not sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? No shame. I, yeah. Yeah. Right. I need yeah. you to come look at this. Right. I need Do someone else. Do I need else's... a bigger size? Right. Do I need a bigger size? Is this too tight on my butt? I right. need you to please take a look and tell me the honest truth. Oh, yeah. And I have a relationship with that staff because I'm in there enough. Right. And they know <laughs> right. what you like. Right. And like, oh, my gosh, yeah. Claire, we got this new thing in the store, this new item. You're going to love it. You have to come check it out. And they they know my style. So when they... They're familiar oh. with their customer, right. and that's important, too. And something that you might not think would look great on you, you give it a shot. You trust them. They're the professionals. Yeah. You put it on, and you're like, this is And it's not a commission thing, thing. So in the back of your mind, you're not thinking, oh, boy, here we go, furniture yeah. salesman. No offense to any furniture salesman, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it. I wonder if this is more, is this more of a female thing? Do we crave this interaction more than men? I don't think so. I've taken my husband shopping and maybe not with the salesperson specifically, but when I go shopping with him, he does the same thing with me at least that, mm-hmm. you know, he comes out and he wants opinions yeah. and, you know, I don't know if he would do that with a salesperson per se, but he definitely wants that opinion from me and wants sure. to make sure that it looks good and you know it's the right fit and that kind of thing 
So I don't know if he would, like I said, do that with someone on the sales floor. Yeah. If he would have that comfortability level with someone there, but he definitely wants someone's opinion. Yes, second opinion. Second opinion. Okay, so now because this is uh, the Seven Figures podcast and we talk money here. Grown. I want to see. I know. Oh, gosh, here we go. (laughs) I want to see if um, how you guys grew up when it comes to conversations about money. Because we, we always look for inspirational, successful people to invite in on the podcast People that we can kind of pick their brain and learn from. Um, did you grow up in an atmosphere where mom and dad talked about money freely and there were lessons being taught constantly or? Not particularly. I mean, the lessons learned were like I was always taught, you know, save, save, save. We would, you know, you put your allowance in here and yeah. then take it to the bank and deposit it. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I wouldn't. Well, that's think, a lesson in itself. Yeah, that but I don't a lot think family, do. family finances weren't really discussed. But that um, actually taking the money, going to the bank, putting it in uh, the account um, was something that we did as I was when I was a child. And now today, would you say that you're in a comfortable financial spot, or you um, struggle? You're, you know, I'm. I could be better. I guess I would say, I don't know. Um, well, the lessons that I learned have been beneficial for me throughout yeah. my life. Um, but I mean, I am I would like to be in a better position. I think everybody can say that. Yeah. Um, but you're self-aware. Are you a spender or a oh, saver? Um, I am becoming more of a saver. Um, you beca- work for the freaking mall. Yeah. How, right? It is so dangerous takes, walking down the hallways looking at these sales. It takes discipline. Yes. You both have very the most hard. discipline ever. It's so hard. <laughs> but I mean, once you see that as a good sale and a, something that you know is going to look fantastic, sometimes you just <laughs> have to do it. And you hold just borrow it, walk yeah. down the mall, right. walk back, and <laughs> yeah. return it. Can I just, like, on? Yeah, can I just hold me. this for a second? All right, Melanie, how about you? Is my mom listening to this podcast? I think, I don't know. What, don't what do you think the, the odds are? Um, let's just say I learned a lot of lessons growing up, and now I handle all the financing for our family just because I learned a lot of lessons growing up. So that means she she taught you a lot or you learned from her mistakes? She did not handle the financing growing uh, up. Okay. Um, Which could be a big lesson in itself. Correct. Yeah, not being. <laughs> My dad was a small business owner growing up, um, and he handled all the financing. So, do is it a shared thing? No, I don't know. Claire, are you married, dating? No, I don't know your I'm situation. Single. I don't know your situation. Well, <laughs> I mean, I I share what I do, but I handle. Yeah. I feel like in relationships. Okay, it's not fair to totally shut someone out from the finances because that's right. just not healthy. But I feel like one person does need to take the lead. Yeah, I like I like yeah. to take the control of it and and take yeah. the lead. And I, you know, I handle the money as far as the bills and the, all yes. of that. Like I pay right. all the bills, and make sure everything Me goes too. out when it needs to, and that kind of stuff. My husband so. says, hates when I say it, but it is true. If I died tomorrow, he would have oh. no clue. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, God. He'd be asking my eight-year-old, what's the password? Right, exactly. I should probably write the passwords down somewhere and do all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, do you guys, any of you, uh, willing to admit any financial stumbles that we can learn from? You know, I mean, not necessarily stumbles, but just, you know, when I was here <laughs> in my early 20s, it was in the you know, radio biz, just, right in the radio biz, you know, there fresh wasn't out of coming in. college, there yeah. wasn't much coming in. I had a second job paying off student loans. It was a tough go, but I think everyone yeah. is in that position at one point or another, <laughs> you know? Saying that, though, that's inspiring right there because there's a lot of people coming out of college with this huge student loan. Your first gig isn't going to be the gig or the salary that you hope to end up with, you right. know? Right. But you're, you've worked your way through it, so sure. there's hope. I guess would be the message there. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're, you know, we're in a good spot and I'm a little bit of a saver and a little bit of a spender depending on the day. Well, yeah, you've got to have a little fun. I mean, you can't save. I mean, you know, we, for the most part, but it's. So Claire and I were chatting before we came in and I was saying to her, you know, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So why squirrel everything away? Like have a little bit of fun. You know, like we try to take the kids on vacation and we. You know, but you save we save for that vacation. Right, we you save don't put for, yourself in the right. We right. save for that vacation, and we always have a little bit saved aside in case anything crazy happens, yeah. like yeah. the car breaks down or something goes wrong with the mm-hmm. house, or you know, and anything. You know, a little bit set aside. Yeah. So, which is what you're supposed to. I mean, the basics right. of it is don't. Buy something that you really can't afford. Right. right. Have that little emergency stash. But if right? there's a ten dollar toy that one of the kids wants, yeah. or Just, yeah. one of the kids needs new hockey pads, or you know, oh god, any, or your new kids hockey in hockey. Oh, would you pick a pricier sport? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all expensive, but man, hockey I hear is brutal. <laughs> but you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if yeah, there's nothing that they really want for per se. You know, like. That's why Christmas is always tough because you're like, crap. Okay. What are we going to buy them? <laughs> what? Do you set a budget for Christmas? Mm-hmm. You don't? No. Do you? Oh, well, I just, you have I, yourself I, to spoil. Right. Well, I don't have any kids and I really just have like my parents and my sisters. And I, fur oh, babies? Any fur babies? You no set a fur budget babies. For? Not, oh, girl. I know. We so want to be you. This, this is how our budget goes. We finish one kid and then we go oh well how much do we spend on him okay so we need to spend that much on right, so fine whatever you can do you, okay how old are your kids 14 and 6 okay do you do number of gifts or value of the gifts uh well it's hard because the age difference <laughs> yeah okay so the 14 year old may end up with less gifts because his gifts are usually more but he understands that correct okay right. correct all right yeah, I'm battling that right now. Should I set a budget? How about I tell my 13-year-old, <laughs> you get a budget this year, kid. And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> she okay. doesn't understand this concept. Of, Listen to my podcast, sweetheart. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and join the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Next week on the podcast, the steps that you need to follow to retire early. And it doesn't even matter what your income is right now. Plus, post-divorce finances, when you decide to remarry and you both have kids of your own, how do you merge 
the family budget. That's all next week on the Seven Figures Podcast. Thank you so much for your reviews and ratings on iTunes. Thanks for checking us out on Google Play and RochesterBuzz.com. My dad has been a big influence on my life, especially how I work through financial decisions. And ever since I can remember, he was always there with a memorable, motivational quote. And that's how we end the podcast. Father knows best, my dad's two cents. Have a good weekend. Dominate your finances. Benjamin Franklin said, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today. My view, don't put off until tomorrow what you can avoid altogether. Don't spend money you don't have today. So you won't have to worry about paying for it tomorrow. 